Hello everyone, welcome to Amen, where we have the power of God and anime on our sides. My name is Greg, and once again, it is just me today. So you know what that means. It is time for another installment of The Intersection, where I take a look at some various manga that I've been reading and see how they have made me think more about my faith as a Christian. And today we're going to look at a pretty popular series at this point, uh, Beastars. So originally we actually planned to do more of a thoughts and discussion slash review or like what we liked about the series between me and Nick since he was the one who actually suggested that I read this series. But he chickened out at the very end and he left me all alone here so <sighs> whatever. Um, before I get into the meat and bones of this podcast, I'll have to give a bit of plot summary just so you know you know, what's going on and you can follow my discussion. And, you know, just as a heads up, it may or may not contain a few spoilers that go past the anime. But um, I'll try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. A lot of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about, you get to find out within the first few episodes or chapters anyway, so it should, doesn't really make a big impact on your experience viewing this series if you choose to do so. With that being said, let's get into it. Beastars is a slow burn character drama leaning heavily on romance and mystery. I, I stole that line uh, from a YouTube video that I watched because it kind of sounded cool. Um, but basically it is set in a world where animals live in a very similar sort of society that we do right now. So think like Zootopia, except longer, more fleshed out, and a little bit more dramatic. Also replace Judy Hopps with a large gray wolf named Lugosi. And the world of Beastars is roughly split into two groups, the carnivores and the herbivores, but you know, they all try to live together within their society. And within the society, eating meat is banned you know, for obvious reasons. But just because it's banned doesn't mean that carnivores have lost their innate primal desire to want to eat meat. And this is actually where a majority of the problems in the series arise. Uh, to live in this harmonious type of society, the carnivores can't eat meat or else that would be considered murder. But on the other hand, they still want to eat meat. They're bodies are still suited to eat meat and you know they have these urges that make them want to eat the herbivores that you know they call their friends and their acquaintances this conflict gives rise to what's called the back alley market it's a place where carnivores can go to get their uh, legal meat to satiate their carnal desires and by being able to satiate their desires they're able to live together with herbivores. And while it is technically illegal, the government can't do anything to stop it since it plays such an integral role within their society. And within all of this, we have Lugosi the wolf. Now I'm only going to tell you the important things you need to know about him as pertaining to this podcast, but you know, if you want to get the whole story, all the details, you can definitely read or watch the series uh, for yourself. So 
all you really need to know about him is one, he is a large gray wolf, so he is a carnivore and a pretty big and strong one at that. Uh, two, he falls in love with a rabbit girl named Haru and she ends up falling in love with him, spoiler alert. But their relationship is a little bit awkward because Lugosi almost ate her this one time. And also, the first major part of their relationship is him trying to determine if he actually loves her or if he just wants to eat her. So, I mean, I, I guess that would kind of put a dent in your relationship, if anything, right? Um, but throughout the rest of the story, he essentially goes on this sort of spiritual journey to try to stop himself from eating meat and all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, Haru actually thinks about her love of Lugosi, has to come face to face with her mortality as she did, like tries to figure out for herself, is it worth it to love him or is it not? And I think that is about all that you need to know about these two characters for now. If there's anything else that comes up later, I'll, I'll explain it. So these stars hit me in a lot of the same ways that Tokidoki did especially with the whole dealing with death and your own mortality business. For the herbivores in the story, they could quite literally die at any moment if they're left alone with a carnivore. But to be able to live in their society, they have to act like they're okay with that. And society teaches them to either accept that death is near or to forget that death is near in order to um, be able to just straight up live together. And in the story, most of the herbivores that you see actually act out this belief. Or at least on the surface they do. Do you know what's the one time that every single herbivore that is introduced in the story truly said what they believed about their society and what they believed about carnivores? It was when they were face to face with death. Great example of this is actually the inciting incident of the whole story. So Beastars kind of kicks off with a news report talking about uh, the fact that there was a murder of a herbivore on campus and apparently he was eaten. Uh, this herbivore's name was Tem. He's just like alpaca dude. And you kind of learn a little bit about his backstory in the very beginning. So the reason why this whole incident started was because uh, Tem actually got to know one of the carnivores that he was friends with, you know, a little bit better. And he was like, yeah, man, I'll accept you for who you are. Like, you don't have to, like, worry about uh, trying to act all nice with me. You know, like, we're, we're best buddies, so we'll be fine. And so uh, the carnivore was, like, really appreciative of that and all that kind of stuff. But then um, the carnivore accidentally injures Tem um, in the midst of one of their conversations. And... After this, Tem runs away and he blurts out that he thinks all carnivores are the same. They're just savage killers trying to eat all the herbivore friends that they have. Tem lived his whole life believing that he could really accept carnivores for who they are, but when it came down to it, you really find out that he never believed that at all. You know, when I read this part, I was honestly pretty shook. I mean, like, as a Christian, that is something that 
I think about a lot. You know, if I was put into a life or death situation, you know, what would I do? Would I be able to stand firm in my faith or would I uh, like renounce it just to get out? Like if somebody kidnapped me, like threw me into the basement, like had me at gunpoint and like, like, Greg, you're going to renounce your faith or else I'm going to kill you. Like, what would I do? It's a hard, hard question, you know? I think, like, death is scary. And, I mean, on, honestly, like, I've been going to church for a while, right? And so I know what to do. I know the right answer. No, like, I'm not going to uh, renounce my faith because, you know, I'm not going to fear what can kill the flesh. Um, I'm going to fear the one who has the power to destroy flesh and spirit. Like, uh, even if I died here, I'm just going to be, I'll just, like, go to heaven on that kind of stuff. Like, I don't really know if I could do that. I don't know if I could have the faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when Nebuchadnezzar was like, I'm going to throw you into this fire if you don't bow down to me. I don't know if I have the faith to be able to stand up to the um, to the king, to authority, to um, people who are trying to take my life. And it's really hard to imagine that type of scenario without, um, you know, either being haughty about it or being overly scared about it but it is something that a lot of people do have to face like we read the early church persecuted literally all the time just for believing in jesus right now if you look at a lot of countries that are hostile towards christianity we have christians being heavily persecuted being jailed being killed before their beliefs and yet obviously since they were killed that means that they stuck to what they believed and it just really makes me wonder, would I be able to do the same? Or if when I'm put to the point of death, would all of this kind of just be another thing that I did just because, you know, it's what everybody else did? Would I Christian just because my mom happened to go to church? Would I Christian just because my friends went to church? It's a hard thing to be able to reconcile within yourself until you reach that type of point and this is what a lot of the characters in Beastars have to face on a daily level and you know we really get to see the character of these characters in the moment but I mean in the story there are a few people who do stand firm with their acceptance or defiance of death in a sense and these two characters are Haru and this one sea lion guy. So the sea lion dude comes in really far into the story, but he doesn't really play too much of a big role yet. So if, if spoilers is a thing that you're worried about, uh, you really shouldn't be. So for Haru, like I said before, she was um, she falls in love with Lugosi, and that obviously comes with a lot of inherent risks. He already tried to attack her once. And Beastars explains a lot that in society, herbivore-carnivore relationships don't work because the carnivore tends to, you know, eat the herbivore at some point within their relationship. And so she really has to weigh out the consequences. Does she choose to stop this relationship with Lugosi because she might die? Or does she continue it because she loves him so much? And she spends a lot of time thinking about this, a lot of time trying to determine if it is worth it or not. And, you know, she ends up making her decision and she ends up 
being firm and resolute in it. And because of that, a lot of other characters note that she is not stupid for, you know, being in this relationship, but she also isn't scared of being eaten. And it catches a lot of people by surprise. And for the sea lion dude, he explains that apparently every single animal in the sea believes in this type of like religion where there's the whole cycle of life, reincarnation. Once you die, you get born again as a different creature. So very like Hindu, Buddhist type of belief. And because they believe that, they're okay with death. And now I know that that sounds pretty similar to what all like the other animals have been thinking or saying but you know that it's true because when he explained it he got a two-page splash with nice art and like Lugosi looking at him being like oh whoa ocean creatures are crazy all that kind of stuff so you know that it is true and so just looking at this I think Beastars is really trying to say that yeah there's a big fear of death within society and death is something to be feared but we should be taking our time to really think about the whole situation. Weigh out the consequences. Is it worth it to live in fear? Is it worth it to live out your life in spite of death? All that kind of stuff. Um, think about what you truly believe in and what you place your faith in. And at the end of the day, be resolute in your answer. I think that a lot of people these days don't think about death necessarily because honestly it's not a fun topic to think about but if the, you don't think about it and you finally reach the point where you come face to face with it you're not going to be able to have a stable ground to stand on and so I think Beastars does teach a great lesson here that I think a lot of Christians can also learn where you know you need to think about a lot of these things that are coming later on in life that you know, are big choices and big decisions that you have to make. To make them early and to be resolute within them. Now, all of that was one whole big point, And we could honestly end the podcast off there. But there was another thing that I found really interesting about Beastars. I'll try to keep this one shorter. So one of the most interesting things I found about the world of Beastars was the back alley market, which I kind of explained a little bit about earlier on. And the thing about the back alley market is that it fundamentally shows that the society that they live in is flawed. I mean, you can't have a society where half the population goes to commit illegal acts on a regular basis in order to just maintain the society. Like that just doesn't work, right? then why is it illegal in the first place? And the major justification that a lot of the carnivores give for their actions is that, you know, they can't help it. It's just what carnivores do. Carnivores were built to eat meat, and so we can't do anything about not eating meat. I mean, a lot of them try to not eat meat. A lot of them, like, really do try to um, push down their innate desire, but sometimes or not even sometimes, all the times, it just comes out, even at the most inopportune moments. And, you know, thinking about this really made me think about humans and our nature and, you know, what are the things that we can't stop doing? And, spoiler alert, 
obviously it's sin. Uh, I think back to like the whole Israelites wandering in the desert with Moses type of deal where they got the law and you know they they did mess up with the whole golden calf thing but then after that they were like no no no, no. we're going to obey the Lord like this is this is good and we will follow it and then I mean they wandered the desert for 40 years because they couldn't follow it they couldn't even follow the rules even if they wanted to with their whole hearts even though they were wholly repentant they couldn't bring themselves to follow the set of rules that God set for them and it is no different with us today I mean it's no wonder why the Bible says that no one is perfect not even one no matter what we do we can't get rid of our sinful natures I know a lot of people think oh yeah like once it gets down to it once uh, I really have to get rid of it you know I'll just put in a little bit of effort you know I'll pray a little bit and then like it'll be gone and what do people find time and time again it doesn't go away that's why Jesus had to come down to save us we can't save ourselves with just ourselves because all we know how to do all that is innately built into us causes us to sin kind of deep right so yeah Beastars gave me a lot to think about both in terms of story and in terms of how I view my faith now sometimes you just need a good example to be able to place a lot of these abstract thoughts that we hear about and then put them into more concrete thinking for yourself uh, if you're interested and learn knowing more about the story I would definitely recommend reading it simply because the anime is kind of whack um, but you know that's about all I have to say on the topic I hope you enjoyed the segment of the intersection Beastars edition we are amen and with the power of God and anime on our sides we hope to see you next time peace <laughs>